was talking to Dennis this morning. And uh, I was telling him about how much I wish that we had a relationship with Jesus as much as we say we did. We only have this much time on earth. And more often than not, we use a lot of that time to impress people around us. So that they see us for what we want them to see us as. I told Dennis, I said, boy, don't you think we should be taking that time to impress him? Because you guys are going away. It doesn't matter what y'all think about me. Y'all going to go away. I'll never know your name ever again when I die and leave this old wretched world. But there's one name that I'll always know. And there's one that will always know my name. Matter of fact, he got a new name for me. It's written on a stone. I can't wait to turn that rock over. Because I don't think my mom gave it much thought when she called me Rocky. <laughs> but I believe deep down inside that God took some time and said, boy, this is your name. I can't wait to see that name. Anybody else excited about seeing your name? I mean, I want to see my name. I want to know what my name is. I know it ain't Rocky. That's just what y'all call me. But I've been pondering this thing about having this relationship with Jesus and God, what am I doing? And with what I'm doing, am I doing it to benefit our relationship or am I doing it to coerce others to think of me differently? Um, see, I wasn't brought up on the right side of the track. I was brought up on the wrong side of the track, literally. See, our family grew up on the other side of the track. If, you, if you're not country, you don't know what I'm talking about. That was the poor lane. I, I, I was brought up with, with no indoor plumbing until I was 16 years old. Well, I'll say no indoor plumbing. I'll say a bathroom. We had water. Iron water. But it was water, nonetheless, I guess. So this morning, Charlie, you got that iPad? Is it turned on? Turn it off. <laughs> I, I don't want you worrying about the iPad. I don't want you worrying about nothing else. If we're that nervous, we can open up both of these doors. We'll see people come in and out. If you're scared, don't be scared. But Debbie was supposed to have been teaching this morning coming up on Sabbath. And I walked in and I, I didn't really want to preach. I'm not even just preaching. And uh, I was dressed to ride my Harley this morning and I didn't. But she said, are you preaching this morning? She said, no, we got her books. I said, no, you are. And I went back to my office. There is one word that God can talk to me about that 
will light my fire. And I don't know how it is with you, but it lights my fire. And it's called grace. Because without it, see, You've never lived like hell. You don't know what it's like to have a grace. That he can look past you. And he can look over some of your stuff. And what blows my mind is that he's seen me. He's seen me do it before he even sent his son. He's, <laughs> you got to understand grace. Grace isn't the thing of, oh, I'm just going to let you buy this time. Grace is, I've already seen you do it, and guess what? I still love you. And I'm going to still give you an opportunity. I'm going to still make a way out for you. Well, anyway, he got to talking to me about grace. So I'm going to preach this morning. <laughs> Anybody ever been down? Let me ask you this question. Has anybody ever done something? You ever done something so bad in your life that you never thought that there was ever going to be a way out for you? I got news for you this morning. Here's your title, Sean, Aggressive Grace. There was an aggressive grace. See, you... <laughs> Oh, you don't understand what aggressive grace is. You don't really know what grace. Do you get what aggressive grace? While you were in your junk. Amen. He moved heaven and earth to get to you. He moved everything. He moved hell. To get to you. Shoot. He moved you. To get to you. Girl. How many of you just. Have you ever prayed God just moved me? I'm not talking about move in me or move on me. God moved me. Because I'm going to mess this whole thing up. I'm going to turn it upside down. It's going to be wrong. Move me. That's why John the Baptist was so good. That's, we could be talking about him this morning. But we could talk about him in his early years. I don't even know if we, gonna, we might do praise and worship and altar service at the end. I don't even care if we go live. It don't matter to me if people come in or people lock down. I don't care if they come in with guns. Let me go to heaven. I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. 
Think, should be all right. <laughs> I get fired up about the aggressiveness of his love. One that doesn't back down, one that's not, he, he's not fearful of what can happen or what might happen. He is aggressive in his love. His grace will surpass any, any adversity to get to you. I mean, we've got to want him. It, Michelle, if we wanted him as much as he wanted us. Dear God in heaven. Don't you know that all you got to do is speak to something and you can move it? But see, we, we just, we don't understand that. And I'm not trying to give you some sloppy agape, some, some blab it and grab it type of gospel. I'm not telling you that. There, the problem is our relationship isn't tight enough. I'm going to make somebody mad. Elijah said, it ain't going to rain till I say it's going to rain. And heaven backed his word. Why? Because his relationship with the Father. I ain't much on cold chills, but I just got to coach you. I'm telling you, if you will love him as much as he loves you, you, all you have to do is speak a word. Come on, Peter and John at the gate, I don't have any money, I ain't got nothing else to give you, but what I do have, I'm going to give it to you. Rise up and walk. And heaven backed his word. Why? Oh, see, you think that, you think that the relationship, I'm already preaching, you, you think that your relationship with the Father comes with a perfection. I'm not telling you that your relationship with Christ isn't close enough because you're not perfect. That has nothing to do. How many of you know that Peter was a, Peter was a liar? Yes. Peter was a liar. He said, I don't know him. Not once. Not twice, but three times. Y'all ever seen that commercial? Or it, it, it was a cartoon. Or no, it was a commercial. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll? Huh, y'all? One, uh, two, three. Peter lied three times and denied Jesus. He denied knowing him. I don't know what you're talking about. Peter was a murderer in the eyes of God. How do you say that? Because Jesus said if you hate a man, Peter has so much hate in him, he cut a man's ear off. He cussed? He was a cusser. He wasn't a a Pentecostal holiness. He was a cusser. And yet, he was chosen to preach the inauguration of the one that walks beside, in, and over us. 
the Holy Spirit. He preached the inaugurational sermon. Why do you think that God chose Rahab? What? God choosing hookers? To, oh, but, but wait, not, not just choosing and bringing her in the fold, choosing her to be in the lineage. Grace. God's aggressive grace. Right when you think that there can't nothing else happen, he does it again. Right when you think that he's done it all, he does something else. Aggressive grace. He don't slow down because of your ignorance. He doesn't slow down because of your stupidity. He doesn't take... You don't put God back on his heels. He doesn't stand in heaven when you make a mistake. And he goes, whoa, wasn't ready for that. Matter of fact, he's looking through heaven going, I already know where you're going, boy, but here's grace. God's grace. It's sufficient. But pastor, my life, I get it, brother, and I understand. I get it. God's grace. Pastor, it's easy for you to... <laughs> you don't know where I come from. No, it ain't easy. Look, let me tell you something. If there was anybody in this house that could have ever turned his back on God and walked away, it'd be this one. I'm telling you. I was given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to say, well, God didn't do it then. He ain't going to do it now. Or God let that happen, and why does he let... Come on, I'm, listen, listen. God's grace is greater than anything you could ever imagine. He covers all. Y'all know what the Greek word for all is? Everything, all of it. It's no exclusion. I don't know if that really... But I'm telling you, if you look up all in Greek, it's probably going to mean all. I'm, 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 not, I'm not the fancy guy. I can't break down every word for you, but he covers all of your bad. He takes, Miss Pat, he takes your bad and uses it for his good. That's God's grace. I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm not asking you to walk a fine line. I'm not, I'm not a, listen, that, that relationship between you and the Father is exactly that, between you and the Father. It has nothing to do with a pastor. It has nothing to do with your brothers and sisters in Christ. They didn't create heaven nor hell. They can't send you to either one of them. You better fear the one that can take life and that gives life. What's your relationship like? With the Father. Why can't, boy, y'all, I can't get y'all excited about grace. I'm excited about grace because I know what grace can do. I know what grace has done. Grace has kept me. 
even when I walk back in that office, say I quit. Grace has kept me. See, I got to be reminded. <laughs> Boy, don't you remember? And if I kept you then, I'll keep you now. You're in his hand. You're in his hand. And can't nobody or no thing snatch you from it. I mean, if that don't give you some peace about who you are in him, nothing will. I love the idea that, yeah, I might face some stuff, but you know what? It had to be filtered through the Father's hands. And I know when it comes through the Father's hands, it's going to be seasoned. It's seasoned better than that salmon was yesterday. It's seasoned with love, compassion, meekness, tenderness, merciful. Man, yeah, we're going to face some stuff. I would say 80% of us in here right now is facing something. You're facing, look, it, it might not be death in the family. It might not be your health. It may not be anxiety. It may not be stress. But you're facing something. You're going through something. Well, I love that song. Let's walk on water. Why we got to walk through it? Let's walk on top of it. I was talking to a, a buddy of mine the other day. We was riding, look at a job site, and he was talking about them snorkeling and how him and his wife loved to snorkel. And he said, Rocky, I got out in this big body of water, and I was snorkeling. And he said, I'm going to tell you what, a shark come at me, and he said, I froze. He said, I didn't know nothing about nothing at that very moment. I looked at that shark and seen him coming. He said, people heard me through my snorkel screaming, shark. And he said, it swam underneath my feet. And he said, I'm going to tell you what. When he was gone and I got my senses, I was almost walking on water. God's grace. God's grace. So I don't care where you're going. See, I'm, I'm getting ready to tell you a story. Let, let's just go there. Can we go to the story now? Let's go to the story. I don't care what y'all do with Facebook and everything else, but I'm going to a story. In Luke chapter 1. Sorry, I didn't give you this. I mean, this is stuff that you can blame, Whatever. If you didn't bring your Bible, don't look up on the screen. Scoot next to somebody that's got it. I'm, I'm gonna do. Let me let me do this verse because th this verse doesn't mean a whole lot without the other verses I'm getting ready to talk about. But listen at this verse. This is chapter one, verse fifty-nine. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child. Now this is this is John the Baptist that. That they are taking and being circumcised according to Jewish custom on the eighth day. 
They came to circumcise the child and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. This is important. His mother answered and said, no. He shall be called John. Well, I'm, another word for John is grace. Let me, let me tell you something. You better stop letting people name your child. How many? Don't let somebody. Listen. Don't let other people name your situation. Don't let other people name your circumstance. Don't let other people name your illness. Google. Don't, don't quit trying to die. Don't, don't let other people call something out. You better call that thing out as God has said to call it out. I'm going to take you back and show you what happened. But I, I, you've got to understand this. God's grace in your life is sufficient. God's grace in your life will supersede anything you'll ever face. God's grace will carry you no matter what the cause, no matter what the problem, no matter what the issue. God's grace is on scene and he will never leave. But then they said to her, there is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. I don't care. The doctor said you ain't got but a year to live. I don't care. The doctor said, I don't care. My parents, I don't care. I will call out my circumstance as God has commanded me to call it out. You will live and not die. They even made signs to the father. <laughs> well, anybody ever got a mama mad? Well, Sean got his hand to the sky. <laughs> well, don't, don't make mama mad. Mama's done already spoke. Mama said his name will not be. His name shall be. So they made signs to his father what he would have called him. And he asked for a writing tablet and he wrote saying his name. Boy, when you've got two or three in agreement. His name shall be John. And see, immediately he began to open his mouth and begin to prophesy. This is, guys, this is important. This is important. For the last 400 years, there's not been a prophet. The only thing that's been on the scene is religion. It's the Pharisees and the Sadducees, baby. There was no prophet. For there is no words of God spoken for 400 years. And here comes a man that called God out inside the temple and said, what? And God said, whoop, sealed his lips. 
He said, I ain't going to let you talk until you speak what I tell you to speak. Boy, I wish God would do it to us sometime. I wish sometime God would seal my lip tighter than a drum and tell you ain't speak until you speak what I tell you to speak, boy. Because there's a lot of times I speak myself right out of stuff that I should be speaking myself into. But he took the tablet and he wrote it down. He said his name. Now listen, it, this, that doesn't, if I left you there, that doesn't mean a whole lot. If I leave you there, that doesn't mean a whole lot to you. You have to understand the day and the time. This is the day of Herod. If you go back into verse 5, it says that there, there was in the days of Herod. That doesn't mean a whole lot to a lot of people either until you understand what was going on. At this time, Romans were after the Jews. They hated the Jews. They were trying to take over the Jews. The religious community couldn't do anything other than what the, what the Romans was telling them to do. King Herod had his hand over everything that was moving, in and out, coming and going. King Herod, he was in the dark days. This was the dark, dark day. This was 400 years of no God's voice. We were in the dark days. See, you think you in the bad time. Listen, I'm fixing to show you something. God don't care how dark it is. Matter of fact, he sent his glory to bring light to the world. See, I taught y'all about that once before, didn't I? We always thought that when he said, let there be light and there was light, we thought it was the sun. No, it wasn't either. That was God's glory. That's what he wants to send over your life in your darkest times. Let there be light. We ought to be speaking that to ourselves every day. Every morning you wake up, Dawn, I want you to look at Dennis and say, let there be light. And just pull back the shades and all. Let his glory come in. But this was back in the days of Herod. The priesthood had been bought out. This was a dark time in the Christian world. Boy, don't you know they was going through some stuff. No direction from God. No prophet to speak to them. Just the religious Pharisees. I've had enough of the Pharisees and Sadducees. I want to hear the voice of God. And if we as a church want to hear the voice of God, we better begin to call things as God tells us to call them. We, we better stop worrying about the circumstance of whether we got baby formula on the shelves. We better stop worrying about whether or not we got diapers and whether we got milk and whether we got bread or whether we got $5 a gallon or $12 a gallon. It doesn't matter. We better start speaking because the Bible says that his righteous shall not be forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Why do you keep worrying about what's happening on the outside? We are calling these things like people want us to call them and we wonder why the church has lost her power my God I feel good I feel like preaching I love grace because I don't care what you think I don't care what you say I love God's grace his grace is sufficient his grace 
Walk in the goodness of his grace. See, this is why I just said this is aggressive grace. Because God come back in the darkest hour of the church. And he said, okay, I done had enough. Guess what I'm going to do? Here come grace, John. John was the forerunner. God knew what had to happen. God put it all into play. He said, my grace. And this is how it's going to happen. He said that he would go with a spirit on him like Elijah. Read the context. That he said that he will go with the spirit like Elijah. And he's going before men to change. I don't want, you, I don't want to paraphrase this. Y'all just hang on. Let's read a little bit. You okay with that? And, there, and they, oh, this was good too. I don't, I don't want to leave this out. He said, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord blamelessly. Now, they, he, they, were, they, they decided that they was going to say, oh, how much longer will you waver? How, many, how much longer will you waver between two opinions? How many times are you going to keep going on this side and going on that side? And go, they said that they were righteous before the Lord, and they carried out the ordinances of God. Blameless in the face of adversity, in the face of darkness. They chose they decided. When's the last time you decided? When's the last, no, matter, no matter what tables was turned against you, did you decide? <laughs> As for me and my house. See, y'all know a little bit of scripture. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what's going on. We're going to serve God anyhow. And you come up in my house and telling me that we shouldn't be or we shouldn't or we should. Or, I'm going to tell you that bye-bye. We got a big cul-de-sac in front of our house. You got plenty of room. Turn around and go right back out. <laughs> bye. Look, it, it doesn't matter. I'm doing what God's telling me to do. You should be doing what God's telling you. If you'd done half of what God told you to do, when he told you to do it, you would be 100% further than where you are right now. Somebody say, bless the Lord. See, we, we, have, we have gotten the mentality that we pick and choose. God, I can do that one. God, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do that one because i got a brother and a sister that's going to come with me. But if God calls you out by yourself and says, I want to challenge your faith and places a demand on that thing, a lot of us back up. Oh, I can't go much further. Oh, God, this is too big for me. I can't handle it, God. Oh, I say it. I say, God, this is too much for me. I can't keep doing what I'm doing. It's too much for me. He said, mm-hmm, I know it is. <laughs> See, y'all don't get talked to like that. I've been told, shut up. I've been told, give me my job back. I've been told it all. this ain't about you. Watch what happens. They're in the dark times. She couldn't have a child. And they still chose to serve the Lord. And if you stump your toe, come on up in the house, Christian. 
if it, oh boy, if it don't work out this way, come on, God, get me back on some grace. Let's not hurt them. Stay on some grace. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as a priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell. <laughs> Don't y'all know? Nothing just happens. That lot just didn't fall. It was purposed. Zechariah, it's time. Boy, who in here's got a lot that's getting ready to fall? It's your time. It's your time. See, it's your time to come away from other people. It, it, it's your time to focus on the Lord. It's, it's your time to walk away from certain situations. It's your time. See, now he's got to go inside the temple to burn incense. His lot fell to burn incense when, when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole, watch, oh, y'all want your pastor so jacked up and so wired up that when you come walking around and you know he's been in the presence of the Lord, don't be coming here waiting on it. Pray for it, Michelle. Pray for it all week, Monday through Saturday, because your pastor needs to be lifted up. Keep your pastor in front of the Lord. God, keep his mind pure. God, keep his heart strong. God, Keep his back stiff. Make sure he stands on the goodness. Make sure he stands on the solid rock. God, don't let him go left. Don't let him go. Why ain't you out there praying? It said that the multitude, look. It said that the multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. When you know that your pastor is doing something for the church, pray. I'm telling you to do that sincerely. Man, I used to hear it from people. Man, you, whoo, boy, being a pastor, whoo. I didn't really know what the, whoo, meant. Now I do. I used to think, Debbie, it was hard. It was hard for me just to cover you, Sean, and Megan. And then one day, I had to cover a congregation. And y'all want to get mad at me because I'm trying to bring you back into correction to walk under the favor of the Lord. You want to pack your stuff and leave because I offended you in your sin. Good. Good. If you're not offended in your sin, my brother, you are on shaky ground. You look down, your toes might be smoking. If listen, if you come in and you walk away with just a feel good, and I'm not saying that we don't have feel good. Man, there's been some services, man, just flat rock me, and it took me for months to get over some of them. But if if you come in here looking just for a, a good feel, a, all warm and cozy, if that's all you're looking for, brother, you're in the wrong house. I'm just telling you, and I'm taking a chance right now that some of you are gonna pick up your pocketbooks and go your merry way. Bye bye. We're wanting God to do something. 
But if we ain't letting God do something in us, and this is about God. This is about having that loving relationship with God. I've said it time and time. Yes, it's hard. There's things that we, even Paul did it. And, and I, you know what? I keep giving that up as a pacifier in Scripture. I'm, I'm going to stop doing that. Paul done things that he didn't want to do, and he didn't do things that he should have done. And, and I use that as a pacifier so you don't feel bad about yourself. Get up! God looked at David and said, why are you sitting here? Get up! Dry yourself off. Get dressed. Get to the house. And David done just that. Yeah, he went through some stuff. But God's aggressive grace said, dude, look, quit laying there. Get up. Let's, I, and I'm telling you, whoever you are this morning, stop with the excuses. Get up. If it was something you wanted to do, you would have done it. But because this takes something... Mm-hmm. This takes something out of your personal desires. And you have to give up something here in order to experience God here. You go, well, and you stay over here. And then you want to come and talk to me about how rough life is. You want to come and talk to me about how bad your marriage is. You want to... If it was something you wanted to do, you do it. Anybody ever plan for a vacation? Don't lie to me in church. Now, yeah, wait a minute. Y'all do that again. Raise your hand. One, two, three, four. I'm going to say, okay, we, you ain't never planned for a vacation? All right, you better get that hand up, woman. That, 100%. We can say 100%. Now, out of those that raised your hand, how many of you didn't go because of a circumstance? Boy, look. Look how the numbers went down. If you want to go, you're going. See, but we don't like to hit it. See, even Jesus looked, and Jesus said, let the dead buried. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Y'all don't blame me. I wasn't supposed to be preaching. I ain't study. Don't y'all blame me. You ain't here by mistake. God has given you a word to name your circumstance and you ain't done it yet. You better do it. Don't see? Oh, don't you see? When we do what he's asked us to do, his grace. See, there's, there's a couple of... There is an empowering grace that empowers us to be able and enables us to do that which God has called us to do that is outside of our power. That is an enabling grace. It's an empowering grace. 
That's why, that's why I love, I mean, you can't, don't sit and tell me you can't be holy. God said, be holy for I'm holy. He doesn't ever ask anything of you that he won't empower you to. But it's because we will not mature. It's because we will not grow up in all things in Christ. It's because we choose our life and we deem it more important than the everlasting life. Say what you want. You're going to do what you want to do. <laughs> Shoot. Most of us will do what we want to do even when we know it's going to hurt somebody that we've done it to. Come on up, big boy, big girl church. And when Zacharias saw him, boy, don't, aren't you glad that God remembers you? He found, he found Zacharias up in the temple. And Zacharias saw him. This, this is God's grace. He remembers. There was a promise that, see, you don't, you got to, see, we got to go all the way back to the, to the Old Testament. We got we to go all the way back to the promise of Abraham. Zacharias is, is an heir to that promise. He, he gets to participate in that promise. And God remembered that. That's why God showed up and he said, I've heard. <laughs> Look. The angel said, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Have you ever prayed and prayed and said, God, okay, listen. <laughs> Will you please, for the love of John, answer me? <laughs> it ain't time. <laughs> it ain't time or it's not in his will. Well, you better be you better be thankful that God doesn't will things in your life that you want. Oh, oh I'm coming. I'm coming. Because if God would have willed things in your life, your man would have been taken. Well, I don't know if he ever took you to church, but your man would have been riding you up Little Creek Road on a bicycle. I ain't lying to you. I'm being serious. We seen it, didn't we? We rode by and I looked and I laughed. I couldn't help but laugh. I said, boy, that could have been your husband. <laughs> but God's grace. But see, there was other things too, Debbie. If God would have willed things in my life. See, if God would have willed things in my life, my wife would have died at the age of 52. Because she did. The one I wanted to marry. See, y'all don't... I'm, I'm telling you. The adversities in life are sometimes your protection. Dawn, I'm telling you now. With what we was going through a couple years ago when all that stuff happened. If that would have been her, I probably wouldn't have come back. I would, have, I would have had to consult my sister, my brother-in-law, my mom. I wouldn't have consulted y'all. I'd have consulted them. 
And I said, I can't do it. But God's aggressive grace. Aggressive grace. Because I kept chasing. She, I, never mind. I'll leave that alone. I'll leave that for the for the for the archives. He was troubled and fear fell upon him. And the angel said, Your prayers heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name Grace. Okay, John. I've heard you. I've heard your prayer. And even in the midst of the darkest hour of the church, you chose to walk in accordance with my ordinances. And because you've chose to stand with me regardless, because you chose to stand with me in the face of all other failures, you go have a child. And you need to call him John. See, if, I think if he wouldn't have done this to Zacharias, if he wouldn't have done this to him and just sealed his mouth, Zacharias would have talked himself out of it. He would have went out and said something stupid and would have destroyed it all. And see, God's aggressive grace. He said, I've got to keep your mouth shut, boy, because you're you going to talk yourself right out of this. And you don't understand, you don't understand the grace, the magnitude of the grace that I'm putting on your life right now. See, you think that the grace on your life is meant so that you can survive. It has nothing to do with that. The grace that's put on your life is, is for that in which God has already called to come, and you've got to be the one to carry it. It's not... <laughs> It's not for you, little Susie. It's not about you, little Johnny. The grace that you carry has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with his purpose on you. He said, now watch this, Zacharias. This is what's going to happen. I just see it. You're going to have a son. And this son is going to come out and he's going to be the forerunner of my son. Boy, look at the grace on that man's life. Oh, and his, his lips will not touch wine. His hair won't be cut. He had to take the Nazarite valve. See, what if... You were to fulfill his purpose or called to fulfill a purpose in the kingdom and you had to take a vow. And that vow said you can't cuss somebody. That vow says you can't be angry at anybody. That vow says you have to forgive everybody. That vow says you got to love regardless. Would you fulfill the purpose?
see, oh man, all we see, all we see is the glory of John the Baptist. We don't see everything that he had to do throughout his life. We don't know what it took to be John the Baptist. All we know, he showed up on the scene eating locusts, bugs. Well, how'd you like to have that diet? Hey, let me get a snack. <laughs> Take the wings off. Yeah. What if God's call of grace on your life demanded you to take a vow? Would you do it? Oh, oh left out an important part. Could you do it for the better of someone else? Not that you would become rich, not that you would become a bodybuilder, not that you would become this person or a president or this or that, not that you would become, but that you would make way for someone else to become. Could you do it? <laughs> well, the ant, that's not could. There, there's no question that you could because you can, because he empowers you with a grace in order... Would you? Oh, I'm not going to leave you hanging down here. I know that's heavy. I'm not, I'm a, I said this is a grace, and I love grace. Grace gets me excited. But would you? Can I tell you that there was a grace put on your life to fulfill a purpose? For someone else. Will you determine to walk in that grace? So that someone might come to know. The name of Jesus. As their Lord and Savior. We have to determine this. Fully persuaded. Oh, I know it's hard, baby. <laughs> it's hard. Pastor, you don't know what I got. I, I probably don't. And neither you, me. But can I tell you, if you will maintain your course... There will be an opportunity that you might be able to step to the side. See, I don't even want to. I don't even want to continue with that statement because then it's then it's implying that you should get the glory, and it's you don't get none of the glory. I almost told you some of these other crazy preachers tell you. Well, you keep doing it because when you do, then you can stand before God and go, "Look what I did." got nothing to do with none of that. See, that is 
<laughs> one of the biggest steps to growth in the kingdom is through humility, which is a step down. John the Baptist put it this way. Less of me. More of you. He said, look, don't be praising me. There comes, there comes one that I'm not even worthy to untie the sandals. I'll baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with fire. What's fire? It's the Holy Spirit. Y'all remember that teaching? Jesus baptizes you in the Spirit. He baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. Man baptizes you with water. That's Jesus' duty. Baptize you with spirit. He said, and I got to get out the way in order for that to happen. And Jesus, oh man, but look, ooh, watch this. This is parallel. Watch this. I love this. And Jesus said, it's better that I go. As if, G look, now Jesus had it. He was walking, he had some followers. Jesus could do miracles, walk on water. Had the strongest relationship with God the Father than any other man will ever experience, I believe. He could have kept doing what he was doing. But he said, no, listen, I got to go. It's better that I go. Because if I stay, he won't come. But if I go, then I can send him. Boy, have you ever, did you ever think that Jesus would humble himself in such a way? Oh, yeah. Because Jesus took on the flesh. Jesus, this is grace. I wrote a few of these. Watch this. This is grace. It's, it's not God turning the other way. <laughs> this, this is grace. It's, it's not a, a stander by while whatever happens, happens. It, 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 it's not God loving you in your mess, but coming to get you out of your mess. It is, it's a violent, aggressive demonstration and action of God saying, I am going to reach inside your mess and snatch you out. That's grace. Grace. It's the power of God that says, I will get down in the dirt with you. It's grace. I will take on a body of dirt for you. Oh, yes, he did. I will take your sins upon me and die on the cross for you. I will go and defeat death, hell, and the grave for you. <laughs> this isn't some passive, weak, need grace that we're talking about. This is an aggressive grace. This is an all-powerful grace. This is a loving, sincere grace. I will rise again that you may have life and have it more abundantly. This is that kind of grace. Grace is God saying, I will come again. 
and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. This is the grace that said, I know that you're going to mess up from this time until then. But I'm coming back. And as long as you'll love me, I'll snatch you up. And I'll take you back to live with me for eternity. Even when you don't deserve it, I will come after you. Grace. Aggressive grace. He will knock them out to get to you. He will walk over them to get to you. He will die that you'll live. Oh, he'll die that you will live. It's grace. It's grace. Did you see the grace, the empowerment on Christ as he walked this earth? Knowing that there was going to come a day that he would hang accursed on a tree. Because of you. That he loved you so much that while you were still sinning, he died for you. That's grace. That's grace. And it was introduced in the darkest time. See, grace, grace comes in your darkest hour. It empowers you to get up. It empowers you to go again. It empowers you not to stop. It empowers you not to suffer. It empowers you not to lay down. It empowers you not to be defeated. Oh, you're going to be pressed on all, on all sides. But you won't be overcome. And it's because of God's grace. Church, can I tell you that God wants to do something in your life? God, God has given you a name. What are you calling it? Don't you dare let circumstance and situation deter you from serving the Lord. You stand just like Zacharias did. Just like Elizabeth did. They were determined. We're going to serve the Lord. Even in this darkest hour of our life. We're going to serve. Whether, whether I live or whether I die. God is still God. He'll God will never be dethroned because of a circumstance. That's how much God loves you. That's how great grace is for you. See, grace is David reaching into the lion's mouth to pull out the lamb. Grace is the words that were in Moses' heart. Let my people go. That's grace. That's grace. So I'm done preaching to you. I just want you to feel the love of this grace that I'm talking about. And it shook me this morning when I seen you sitting on the front row. It's God's grace. He's promised it. He'll do it. God, he's not a man. God's not a God that he should lie. Nor a man, a son of man, that he should repent. Whatever God says, it's facts. If he said it, he'll do it. 
He said, have I not said it? Will I not perform? Is my arm not strong? Is it too short? His word will never come back to him void, but it will actually perform that in which he sent it to perform, just like the snow. That waters the earth. I, you can't tell me God's grace isn't sufficient. I can look at each one of you and tell you how grace-filled and grace-covered you are because you're still sitting here breathing as I preach. That's God's grace. Not your power. Oh, not by might nor by power, but it's by his spirit. It's the grace of God on your life. I don't know what else to do with you. Grace, it's the violent operation of God's love. <laughs> Boy, don't you know that I would love to see him fighting for me. Oh, if, if we could see, if we could see the activity, I watched. If we could see, if we could see the activity, yeah. I think, I think, it, I think sometimes we, we need to see that activity just so that we can see. How much he loves us. Oh, there was another part too. Elijah told his servant, open his eyes so that he can see. It wasn't that his servant was blind. He was just closed spiritually. Open his eyes so he can see that there's more of them or more of us than it is of them. And all in the same prayer, they come down and then he's going to pray that they be blinded. Open his eyes and shut theirs, Lord, and look, the grace of God. Heaven came down and back the word. Let him on up into the camp and then let him open her eyes. Boy, that's a bad dude. That's a bad dude. So where are you struggling this morning? Where, where are you fighting this morning? Is it just the strength to carry on? Is it just, just the courage to stand in the face of adversity? Where do you struggle? What are you fighting for? What, what is the darkest hour in your life right now? What are you trying to get through, get past? Maybe God won't forgive me. Oh, God's grace. See where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. I don't care what you did yesterday. God will forgive you. Matter of fact, let me tell you something. I'm going to go ahead and let me smack 
Let me smack some religion in the face. Can I do that? Because y'all know how much I love to do that. You weren't forgiven after you done it. You were forgiven before you done it. Why, see, why is it we teach people, Lord, forgive me, and we think that's salvation. That's not salvation. Salvation is believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as the only begotten Son, married or buried and, and born by a virgin, and He was buried and hung on a cross, put in a tomb, and He raised back again, and now He's ascended into heaven. That is salvation, and if you can believe it, you you are saved. Amen. Enough with this hogwash of, okay, if you're not here and you don't know the Lord is your Savior, come to the front and repeat a prayer after me. Ask the Lord to forgive. And I see a bunch of hogwash on Facebook people saying, well, you need to repent. You need shut up is what you need to do. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we think it's so much harder, Michelle? It is so easy. Don't you know it takes just as much faith to not believe in Jesus as it does to believe in Jesus? Probably more to not believe in Jesus. The Bible says that creation shows you No matter your struggle, no matter your thought process, no matter your anxiety, no matter your worry, no, no matter your burden, no matter your addictions. No, Listen, God's grace is sufficient and he will do exactly what he said he will do. She became pregnant. They give birth to John and John led the gospel into this earth. Boy, how would you, boy. Look, I'm sorry. I see him up there. I just see a big pole because he's, he's probably a burly dude. I, I just think, I just, I picture, I picture him like a lumberjack. Big old burly beard and just one of them dudes. He got a pole like this with a flag on it. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. <laughs> that means you got to change your mind. You want to experience God? That's what repentance is. Repentance is changing your thought, changing the way you think, turning around. Making a 180, not a 360. See, y'all hear all that sloppy agape stuff. You got to turn a 360. No, you don't. You're right back in the same spot you were. With. Boy, you're doing a 180. Walk away from it. Put your back to it. He said, repent. Why did he say repent? 
for the kingdom of God is at hand. Why did he say repent? Because religion had been in the midst for 400 years and religion said that you've got to walk this way. Religion said that you've got to talk this way. Religion said you've got to do this and you can't do that. Religion said, religion said, religion said. And he said, you, if you want to have the new wine... You got to change your wine skin. You got to change the way you think. My God, His grace is sufficient. Pastor, you mean it's just that it's that easy? But, Pastor, I, I, okay, I do too. I get some mean thoughts. But we have to take them captive. We got to go up. Oh, I can't do that. Daggone it, I shouldn't have done that. And you keep going. Pastor, I have to ask God if you were forgiven on the cross. He just wants you to change your thinking. He, done, he changed everything else. He changed the way we counted the days. He sure did. Went from B.C. to A.D. That's not after death. It actually means after the death of our Lord. And Jesus, or our Lord and, Lord and Savior. I don't know what you struggle. don't know what you're fighting. I don't know what's wrong. And I don't know why you keep doing what you're doing. I don't know why you can't do what you want to do. I don't have all the answers. The only, actually, I've got every answer for you. Y'all ready? Let me take you deep. This is years and years and years of theology. I have the answer to everything you got. You ready? You ready for it? His name is Jesus. People pay for that. People pay for a 12-year college education on studying the Bible, Greek, and Hebrew, and Latin. Getting their mind all messed up because I'm going to fail that promise. Just so they can say, here's your answer. It's Jesus. I can simplify it, see? Ain't it simple? And it's free. I don't have no debt for college. I don't encourage a whole lot of people to go through the college of HS that I did. That's called the Holy Spirit. Because that's where you get worked and rocked. You, you lose a lot of sleep. You get corrected a lot of times. You get spanked a whole lot. 